everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. We're excited because we are starting a new teaching series here at Coastline. We're calling it Through the Valley, How God Restores and Redeems Our Stories. We all have parts of our story that are untouched, unresolved, and frankly, unhealthy. And in this series, we're inviting Coastline to not only look into these things, but to also bring them before the Lord in really personal ways. As we get this series started, I thought it'd be helpful to talk about the two main elements of the sermon series, preaching and journaling. So I have Sean and Nikki with me talking about how they have set up this series, both for the Sunday sermons and for the weekly journal prompts and questions like that. So we talk about everything from the resources and the circumstances that led us into making this the next teaching series at Coastline and also our hopes and excitements for you, our congregation, for our listeners who are going to be walking through this. And again, my encouragement is this the best things in life are often happening outside of our comfort zone. So if this sounds like it's going to be hard or stressful and it gives you anxiety, I would say lean into that. And we have resources available for you to help you cope with that really well. And we'll talk about that. So for now, I have Nikki and Sean talking about the teaching series. Thank you for listening. And we will see you next week and every single week after that. Welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. Before we get started, Kudos to Sean and Melinda for running it last week. You guys did a great oh. job. Mm-hmm. It was a really good episode. It was a great episode and yeah. it was awesome. It got me really excited about On the Light and it was really cool because Carrie, as you texted me, she knows her stuff. Mm-hmm. Hunter, I have to tell you, I was more nervous to do that podcast than I was to preach at Easter only because I didn't trust my ability to handle the technology yeah. and I thought I was going to do this whole interview and I'd hit like finish recording and there'd be nothing there. It's happened before to me. That's oh, why I man. I have two recordings going yeah. at all times. I have it on my computer and on the actual hardware because I can't, I don't, yeah. I mean, the magic happens in the room. What happens yeah. if we don't record it? Yes. You can't go back and do it a second can't time. Can't do it a second time. But she was great. It was so, so good. So great. Yeah. It was, uh, it was super fun. I was on jury duty. That's where I was. Sean teased a story. Like I was like going to space or something. You wouldn't let me tell them. <laughs> the judge, the judge who was British, which I mean, there's a whole podcast about that. <laughs> He basically said, don't post on social media. We had to do a mistrial because someone said that one of the lawyers looked like Dumbledore. And then they posted that on social media. We had to, we had to call off the trial. So I was like, not going to take any chances. You know, I'm a, I'm a civic guy. I like, I like fulfilling my civic duty. I'd hate for the court system to be thrown more wrenches because of me and my social media output. So did yeah. you vote for Johnny Depp or Amber Heard? Where, where did your allegiance lie? <laughs> That's not. Was I too quick to that joke? Should I let yeah, it sit I mean, out there a little bit we're more? We're still <laughs> in the midst of the trial. You know, I can't talk about it, but you know, it was it was illuminating. The justice system. You know, I think it's hard to find any fans of the justice system these days. It is an antiquated, backwards, weird system where you are expecting 12 people who have never sat down and thought about the law before to make very informed decisions about the law that have incredibly high real life stakes. You're sitting in a room with people who are like, I'm a writer. I'm a barista. I'm a construction worker. I'm a pastor. Like, okay, let's dissect the law for this particular crime and then determine if this man did it or not. And it's like, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, let's not do that. I, I, I think that there are people called lawyers and judges who are equipped to do this far better than we are. So that's where I was all week, but I did make $15 a day. So if you guys could figure out a way for me to spend the $90 I made on jury duty. Wait, I get to decide how you spend your $90? Wow. I mean, you can you can suggest things. 
Do you have any suggestions? Uh, yeah, but I really want to think these things through. Okay. So we'll check the show notes. We'll check the show notes. <laughs> I can make a poll or I can make like a Q&A. Like, hey, how should Hunter spend $90? Even though I already promised Megan I'd take her out to dinner. Well, I think uh, it's okay. done then. You think so? Well, you can't go back I on I mean, that. if you promise. Yeah, you can't well, tell your wife well, I'm going to take you to dinner and, and then, then say, well, Sean, Sean said I should do this instead. Well, we, could also, we could outsource it. We could outsource it. Well, I blame Sean for a lot of the stuff in the marriage already. So it would be, it'd fit, it'd fit perfectly fine. It, it would fit. She'd well, be like, oh, that makes sense. Classic. If your fights with your spouse. <laughs> well, Sean. Well, do you know, Sean said. Name's Sean Hurley. She's like, you're right. He did probably say that. That sounds like something he would say. Oh, man. Man, that's hysterical. And she'll never hear this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Never, ever. Anyway, we're starting a new teaching series. We're not doing acts anymore. We're doing Through the Valley. And we've been having a lot of laughs already on the podcast. But this is a very serious teaching series. And it's hitting on a lot of really, really important things. And so I, I wanted to talk to both Nikki and Sean today f- for two reasons. One, because I don't know if you two have actually ever been on just you two together. So that's an interesting dynamic. A. No, I don't think and we have. And then B. You guys both are kind of spearheading unique, separate, but connected parts of the teaching series. Sure. And in my estimation, this is unique. We've never really done anything like this before where we have the sermon and the sermon series live on Sunday, but actually need week participation, like participation throughout the week in order to really get the full depth of it. And so Sean, obviously, prison, uh, prison, preaching vision, all those things. Sure. And Nikki with kind of the week to week stuff. So that's why I want to talk about the unique nature of this series and also just why you guys think this series is important right now. Because I, I wasn't there on Sunday, I was at junior high, but the feedback we're getting is very positive for what we're going to be doing and where we're going to be going in this series. Um, and so, Sean, I'll start with you. Tell us a little bit the 40,000 foot view of this sermon series and why you think. This is important now, especially from your pastoral perspective. What have you seen people carrying the past couple of years to make it to make this teaching series really poignant right now? Yeah, well, I'll, I'll try to keep my comments short, Hunter, and then you just kind of direct me as you as you think, because I think there's a lot that can be said about this. I think we've talked a lot about ad nauseum, just about how hard the past couple of years have been that people have gone through a lot, and that is in terms of uh, COVID, um, isolation. Uh, a new church plant, uh, changing relationships, the political climate, all of those things have been really hard on everybody. And and I think we, we've kind of have talked about that. And I think maybe we're at the end of talking about some of those things. One of the things that I've become slowly more aware of is I don't think Christians have done a great job processing the pain that has happened to, to them in the past and a lot of it is still lingering around in the background of the present, and it's inhibiting their relationships with the Lord, with the church, with each other, their own mental, emotional health. And as I've run into that more and more, I've become convinced that unless we do some work to heal some of the past pain, Coastline's never going to be what, it's, what it can be. The community is never going to be what we kind of hope it could be. And our relationships with God are always going to be really stunted. And so... That's been a concern I have, and I've been sharing that with Garrick, and that's kind of brought us into this kind of present series. When you sit with people, and I know this is my experience, when you sit with people who are on the verge of walking away from faith or have walked away from faith, Mm -hmm. how often do you find that it's people's own perception of God that's been influenced by other sources that cause them to walk away? Yeah, and, and this is like, 
<laughs> that's partly like another question that I have too, that I think we may end up talking about in the fall. Um, are we doing a deconstruction series? <laughs> no, but I do think that we are unaware of how we are discipled by the media and the content and the thinking around us. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this like with news, right? In the past, right? If you end up watching two hours of news, pick your source. I don't care. If you watch two hours of news at night, but you read your Bible for 15 minutes every morning, you just have to assume that there's going to be, uh, the news is going to shape your worldview more than scripture simply by time. And I think that if you take that same principle and apply it to TikTok or social media or to dating apps or to whatever media consumption you want to choose, the more time that you spend with it, the more it's going to shape your worldview. Um, and in the end, I think most of us just spend very little time with the Lord, both in the study of scripture and in prayer and fellowship. And so when I encounter people who are uh, walking away from faith, most of the time it's because they are being discipled by voices uh, other than um, biblical, scriptural Jesus Christ, the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit in the life. That's what I encounter more. And I think that's something I want to talk about in the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't want to get ahead, but, but, but that's, just, yeah. but to give you an idea, that's another concern that I have that's related to this, but a little bit different to this. Yeah. That's, that's a fascinating answer. Nikki, same question for you. Why is this sermon series important now? Yeah. I think for a couple of reasons, I think that when you go through painful seasons, you have to hunker down and survive the season. And so you kind of are just on a, like, I'm just looking straight forward. I'm not dealing with all the emotional stuff that's coming along with it. I'm just trying to make it through, right? And then once you make it through, that's when I tend to notice that people start having the emotions come out, right? That especially I I will see a lot of anger directed at God. And that's when you start to process that stuff. And, And so this is when we've been through COVID the last couple of years and people are coming out of it, now you've hunkered down and you've dealt with it. And now you have space to actually figure out, wait, what just happened, right? And and so I think that that is one reason is that I'm starting to have lots of conversations with people where there's just a lot of anger that has been unprocessed. And so it's time to ha- create space for those conversations to happen. Um, I also think because we're a young church, now's the chance to develop the culture that we want this church to be. And I think I've, like Hunter, you and I have had the privilege of being in a culture in student ministries together before where there was safety to process stuff. And you and I both went through very painful personal things in that, that, that safety net. And I I just think of how, um, how much that shaped my faith walking through a difficult season in a safe space. Right. And so for us to now have the opportunity to create that culture here as a young church at coastline, I think is really, really important. Um, I do think that like like the question you were just asking, Sean, I think that you do see um, now is the time when you're going to see people start to maybe even walk away from church after what we've yeah. been through, right? Because what I see happen is that um, people will take the pain that they're experiencing and they they blame, they place it on God when actually the pain's coming from someone else. And so it's like, well, I had this experience of my dad growing up, but I'm actually blaming God for it. So I'm going to walk away from God instead when actually the pain is directed at dad. And so that's where, you know, whatever has been going on in the last couple of seasons that's exasperated that, I think we're in a season where now we can start to process that. And as a young church, maybe keep people who would walk away, hopefully, and and help them find freedom rather than having them just walk away and 
reassess church. Yeah. And I think for me, my concern is, is a little bit is that. And I just, I mentioned this just a second ago. I think so many people have become Christians and they've, they've heard, um, second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, those who are in Christ are new creations. The old is gone. The new has come. Right. And, and that is biblically true. You know, we become Christians and Jesus uh, saves us, redeems us, gives us a, uh, his spirit. We are remade in him. And that is all in relation to our own sin and him. But sometimes we think that now that I'm this new creation moving forward, that means that everything from the past doesn't affect me. It doesn't mm. relate. That's it, really interesting. Um, and, and so they move forward with this perception that I have this freedom in Jesus, but there still are trauma, pain, shackles in the past that are kind of undealt with. But because they theologically believe I'm now a new creation, they don't think they ever have to go back and deal with that anymore. That is somehow unuseful, unhelpful, and should just be forgotten. Just keep moving forward. And what is shocking to me is that it's the scripture that has kind of given us a wrong vision, I think, of what's happening mm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, scripture's talking about your sin. It's not talking right. about the effects of past sin on you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we still bring that with us. And that's my biggest concern mm-hmm. um, for Christians is that there's a well of pain and trauma in the past that is affecting their present, but they don't think they should go back or that there's any need to go back and process or heal from it. But it is affecting their present, but they yeah. just don't know. And so my fear is that Christians are in more pain and in shackled to more trauma in the past than maybe other people because they, they don't think they should or they aren't even able to acknowledge mm-hmm. it. And that's what really mm-hmm. scares me for the church. Yeah. Yeah. I think a big piece of that, as I see it, especially with Christians my age is we're so willing to acknowledge that like we are people in motion emotionally, mm-hmm. psychologically, like we're always moving forward and we're always trying to move forward. Like we're always like, I want to sleep more and I want to eat better. And I want to, you know, X, Y, and Z cut these things out of my life. But like we look at our sanctification as like, Oh, done, mm-hmm. you know, but we don't think that these two things interact. Yeah. Like we don't think that who we are, it's like the being a paradox of a person, like mm-hmm. who we are goes with us no matter sure. how new creation we are everything that has affected us and gotten us to this point comes with us, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that is something that the church would, they, we just love to point to that Corinthians verse and say, no, you're a new creation. You can leave all that behind in the past, but sure. is that really healthy? Is yeah. that really going to work? And, and an example from this, you know, working with two Christian leaders, both men, both with similar backstories, very abusive father figures in their life for one of these men, his response was that to try to fight every authority he ever came into contact with. Nobody would ever have authority over him again. And it was just simply those issues with dad coming into the present and was constantly, constantly in conflict. The other man, Christian leader, submitted passive to every sort of authority and would never challenge it, would roll over to anything. And yet if you were to talk to them, they would say, no, my, my issues with my my father figure are, are not affecting my present, but to be around them in a relationship, it was clear that it was. And that's that's my my concern is that there's pain in the past that's affecting our present, and we don't think that we ever have to deal with it because I'm a new creation. Mm-hmm. You are a new creation. And I think there is so much more newness for you to experience by allowing the grace in Jesus in to heal those places and to bring life to those places and transformation to those places because it's really hard to heal from what you won't acknowledge. Yeah. yeah, it's like incarnational healing. 
mm-hmm. like both body and soul, mm-hmm. body and spirit and body, not meaning physical, but your emotional and the mm-hmm. physical toll that the emotions take. Sure. I, I, I just think like, and I was texting you this weekend, Nikki, we were trying to figure out how to get some of the journal stuff, which we'll talk about mm-hmm. on the app. And I couldn't figure out a way to like make it work and look great. And I texted you and I said, it's because no other church is doing this. Mm-hmm. No other church <laughs> is doing a sermon yeah. series where they want their people to not only come on Sunday and experience what the spoken word and Christian fellowship has for them, but also like really push them to individual work. Cause this mm-hmm. series is only going to work if you do both, if you do the group and if you do mm-hmm. the individual. So Sean, talk to me a little bit about Sunday mornings. We're using Psalm 23 as sure. the background of through the Valley. how did you come to that in the life of David being the scriptural backbone for this series. Um, and I always like kind of like behind the scenes question. So were there any other passages that you had come to? And if so, why did you land on Psalm 23 and David? Yeah. You know, um, I had thought about James one, which, you know, consider it pure joy when you face trials because the testing your faith develops perseverance, which must complete its work in you to be whole and complete, not lacking anything. I had thought about that. That was like another option. We'd preached James not too long ago at Rolling Hills, and, mm-hmm. and so it felt really recent, and I always preach James. But Psalm 23, what grabbed me was, um, if you're ever in pain, if there's a place that you're going to go into Scripture to try to give words to that pain, the Psalms are it, right? That is the place where you have the most honest conversations with God. I always say, like, there is not a thing that you cannot say to God that is not written in the Psalms somewhere. Like, it's all there. It's very real. Um, and... In Psalm 23, it's very idyllic. It is um, the perfect picture of life with God. But I was really drawn to David's painful story. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more painful than we realize when you really get into it. So how does that exist side by side? How does David have such a painful past and to have such a confidence in who God is? And I thought, man, there, there has to be a, a, some hope in there that we could teach our people that regardless of the pain in your past, God can bring you to a place of being full in him, complete in him, restored and renewed in him. How? And that's the question that drove the series. What has been the most rewarding part of studying Psalm 23? One of, you know, probably the five most popular passages in scripture. As someone who's been a pastor for a while, you've probably done a lot of work in Psalm 23. What has been surprising to you thus far? Well, there's so many elements in it that, I, that I'm really drawn to. One, um, the idea about the valley of the shadow of death. So you have in there the idea of grief, pain, fear. You have the idea of enemies in there. Of And I think, you know, over the course of your life, I think enemies are this idea that kind of appears in either junior high or in like movies and they have lightsabers. But at some point in your life, you're going to discover that you have a real enemy, somebody who really wants to harm you. And that scripture speaks really directly to that. I was I was drawn to that. Um, the promise of God to care for us in the presence of and be with us in the middle of those realities, that those struggles, fears of death are not his absence, but they are places of his presence. Those things were all like, man, it really speaks to the totality of the, of the human experience with pain um, and uh, all the way to, to barren, um, like the lack of food to water. It's all there. And so uh, in those ways, once we got into it, I thought this really could be it. This could be the place that we can go. And that got me excited. It's cool. It's a really, um, I, maybe wrong word, but it's really counterintuitive. It's a, it's a, seems like a fairly happy idyllic yeah. Psalm and yeah. like through the Valley. And even when we were trying to come up with the name, we were kept going back to Psalm 23 and like, but it's not that sad. 
Like it's yeah. not that dark. It's not that deep. And then the valley, the idea of the valley, I think is so poignant. I think it really, really tracks. What can people expect when they come on Sundays to this sermon series? Yeah. So I think if the sermon series, if, if you're scared that it's going to be too heavy, we know and we understand and we're trying to take that into account. I would say the first three weeks are um, a little more challenging because it's trying to help us see, identify, recognize the trauma in our life. The next three, though, uh, it's only a six-week series. Uh, it really transitions to God's faithful presence, the healing that he does, um, the blessings that he brings to our, our life. And, um, and so it, it, it's gonna, we're going to come out of this place. Mm. Um, I think sometimes if you have real pain in your life, it's, it's really hard to talk about it, and the last thing you want to do is face it. If that's you, hang in there with these three weeks. I think it's important that you do this work, but we're, go- we're, we're not going to stay in the valley. We're moving through it. Through the valley, baby. Through the valley. <laughs> that's very good. So what we've talked about it. What's really unique about this series is that it doesn't just live on Sundays. We are asking people to go through some processes throughout the week and the weeks beyond. And so, Nikki, you've been really instrumental in all of those things. So talk to us a little bit about your role behind the scenes and what you've been doing and where we can see your fingerprints. And then also talk to us a little bit about the share groups, which I'm really looking forward to and talking about. So, so talk mm-hmm. to us about, you know, Sean's talking about the Sundays, mm-hmm. talk to us about the week to week of this teaching series. Yeah. We've put together a couple things. Um, Hunter mentioned both of them, the share groups, and sorry, the journaling. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, the, the biggest piece I think is the, the journaling aspect. And really, I think the idea behind this is taking kind of what you're learning on a Sunday and having it kind of, I'll say, sink into your heart so that like what you know to be true actually becomes a belief that you actually believe, not just say that you believe. Right. And so it's, it's just, um, you know, Garrick and Michael and I worked a lot on journal questions at kind of the prompting of, um, Gene Chang Gorman, who's, you know, I think we'll talk about in a minute, but um, she kind of encouraged us to put a lot these journal questions together to kind of have everybody do work that is just, again, sitting before the Lord and allowing this stuff to sink in, you know, so it just um, gives it roots a little bit. So, you know, I, I did mine last night and it's just funny because I'm someone who is constantly processing and still <laughs> it was amazing how there was more to process. Like it's, it's, it's never done, that, you know, that it's is what I would done. title your biography. <laughs> I always, am. Processing. I'm always processing. The Nikki Hunan history. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, and so it was fun to sit down and I, even though I wrote the journal questions, I was still able to get something out of the journal questions that I had written and it was actually kind of profound. And so, um, that's all, you know, all we hope that people do is just take the journal questions and maybe pick one time during the week. And just, you know, it took me about a half an hour and you just sit and, and just kind of sit before the Lord and answer the questions. And the idea is that you're giving space for God to kind of speak and sort of let these ideas sink in a little bit deeper, you know, and I, I think, um, to me, that concept is really important in, in having, uh, that, you know, we, we talked about, Kyle Strobel talks about attachment, um, and Hunter took this class as well at different times at Biola, and and how important our attachment to God and other people is mm-hmm. in developing that relationship with God. And so that's really what it is, is it's kind of a, a tangible way to take that head knowledge and help turn it into, I'll say, heart knowledge. So that that's really what it is. It's, mm. it's creating an experience with God. So it's not just knowledge, 
it's knowledge and experience coming together. And that's what kind of forms that healthy attachment. And what's cool about that is like, that's obviously the dream with every sermon series. Like you would hope that you come on a Sunday and listen and you go throughout the week and you process and pray and journal and think about it and then come back on Sunday. But we think this sermon series is so important that we are doing everything we can to give you the tools in order to do that. Because we do think this work is really important. And we also have groups we're forming. Yeah. So we're forming groups that are going to be led by um, actual trained licensed therapists. And so we're going to give everybody an opportunity to just, you do the individual work and then Things that come up in that, now you have an opportunity to connect with other congregants and just have time to process it. And you have a therapist there who's going to guide that time. And so we'll have dates and times for that all um, in the next coming weeks. But it, I, my hope is that everybody participates. Yeah. I think that they'll be really valuable because, again, it's, you know, when you hear about grace and then you're sitting in front of someone and they actually offer you grace, now my understanding of grace runs so much deeper, mm -hmm. right? And so that's kind of that idea is when you hear that God loves you and then you experience that love in a group setting or individually, like that's when things really start to come together. And that's what we hope with the share groups. And that's what we hope with these individual journaling questions. Oh, you had the mic to your face. I thought you were going to say something. No, I was just agreeing. I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> we have to have like a signal for like, I want to say something now. Um, <laughs> How are these going to be successful? Like, what do we hope people do? I know we said participate, but like you, you said last night, like you journaled, what was your posture? Kind of, kind of give someone a personal example from your life that maybe will help them go and do this this week. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it would be really easy for me to sit down and just say, I've done this already mm -hmm. and yeah. blow through it. Right. And I have done hours, <laughs> uh, like it, I really have. Right. Again, and look so at your biography. Title. Yeah. Like, and so, and yet you just sit down and, um, I, I just, I pulled it up on the app, the journaling questions. And then I had my journal in front of me and I was at Barnes and Noble just sitting at a table. And, and it's just, it, the posture is just kind of recognizing there's still always something to glean from the Lord. Mm. And, and so it's like, okay, God, I, I have processed some of this, but what do you have to show me today? And, um, he showed me things and that was what was surprising is he showed me something that I thought I'd already processed. And then it was like, oh, you just showed me that that had a connection to something that happened recently. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't even, I didn't even realize it because I thought I'd processed that thing. And so it, I really just think it's a, it's sitting there open and not, um, there's just a posture of humility. Uh, it can be scary, especially if you've never done this before, because it, sometimes it brings up old pain and mm -hmm. you kind of want to stuff that away. And so, you know, I would just encourage you, if you know you might be that person, maybe don't do this in a Starbucks, maybe do this somewhere <laughs> yeah. more private. Um, you know, and if that does come up, I think all of us here on staff are ready to sit and have conversation. Mm -hmm. Also, we have given resources in the journal booklets on both spiritual directors and therapists that you can talk to. So it's, I think we, we really hope that you don't feel like you have to do this process alone either. Yeah. I love that. You'd mentioned Jean Ching Gorman, Sean, who, what are some other um, resources, books, conversations that you've had or read that have helped influence a series that you could point people to? Sure. Yeah. I think we've been really uh, in our reading and our studying. We, we use a lot of Peter Scazzaro's books, specifically emotionally healthy spirituality has been really good. That one's been uh, super helpful. Um, I think like if you wanted like a real basic introduction into 
um, kind of processing some of the things from your past. Steve Carter's book, The Thing Beneath the Thing, was just like a great kind of primer uh, on the topic. Um, if you wanted to go deeper into Psalm 23, Life Without Lack by Dallas Bullard was, was helpful and also formative in kind of what we wrote. Um, and as we tried to understand kind of a little bit about what trauma does to us, uh, a lot of reading on The Body Keeps the Score by uh, Vander Kolk, uh, and also uh, the book What Happened to You by Bruce Perry. These were all books that we kind of read along the way. But you mentioned Jean Changorman. I think Jean helped us uh, put together this whole series and to help us identify some of the things that are happening beneath the surface um, and why this had to be something that was prioritized now. Yeah. And put the, put the prayer out there. We, we reached out to her to be on the podcast. I've not heard back. Um, and we have some therapists coming on the podcast, which sure. I'm really excited for. Um, yeah. Therapists, both that we know from our own lives and also those that will be walking with us in these share groups who can give us more insight. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be awesome to be able to talk to them. So as early as next week, you're going to be hearing from actual licensed therapists. You don't have to pay sure. $150 for the hour. You can just <laughs> listen to it. However you want. Um, we, we, I want to mention one thing before, before we wrap up, we have a, a something we're calling a symbol event coming up and, and that's been teased. I had people texting me like, are we going to write our <laughs> sins on stones and throw them in the ocean? Like just kind of on a piece up. of paper and throw it yeah, in, in a fire. fire yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. people yeah. have, it to a cross yeah. or people have their, the right god's yeah. thoughts to you on a mirror people have their we've done own, every one know, of these I'm things trying. by the way i've done all of them oh, multiple times man, i yeah. cannot tell you i still can remember like it was yesterday going to the delta and like riding a sin on a rock and walking mm-hmm. over the jetty and just like throwing it in and like all my friends it's so emotional yeah. What are we doing? <laughs> what, what what are we doing as our symbol event? Do we have it yet? Are we not? Okay, to- we're not a hundred percent landed on it yet. But I think um, here's what I will say: I know that it feels cheesy. Very '90s youth group. Very '90s youth group, right? Um, and what I think is interesting about it is, you know, I I think it's important not to put too much into it and just take it for what it is. It's just, it's, it's a symbol of the process, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's a, it's a way to almost like use another part of your brain just to engage your entire self into forgiveness or, you know, like processing pain or whatever it is that you need to deal with. Um, and it's a chance for us to just corporately do something. So we're still landing on what it is, but, um, yeah, it's probably going to feel a little cheesy and I think just be okay with that. Mm-hmm. It it still has its purpose, right? So mm-hmm. I I'm just like my brain is going crazy like through the valley. Okay, so we get a sheep and we all write our <laughs> we scapegoat it. Yeah, we all write, our, write our, sins our sins on it and send, send it, it off onto Avenue yeah. I. <laughs> it, okay, so I will say this. So um <laughs> I just had a picture in my head of a sheep that's covered in sins of like running past HT Grill. <laughs> And the cougars there are like, what is that? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Who's that? Yeah, what, what is she? We is that? okay, so we um, we did a women's event in the middle of COVID at Rolling Hills, and you didn't have a lot of options of things you can do, right? So we did we created devotional packets, and women came and picked them up in a snack, and then they just went around the parking lot in the devotional to sit and do it, and in the devotional packets, um, Susan Johnson helped with this as well as the team, and so we had like a pack of bubbles to go with one of the devotionals <laughs> that you, right? So like, I get it. Like the, the cringe factor, the cheese factor is really high, right? I, I fully understand that. But what it just, it does, when you do, it's like an object lesson, right? And you, so you just take it for what it is and, mm. and it, 
what was interesting is the number of people who either came back and were like, actually, that was really profound. Um, when I sat and blew my bubbles and you had me think about whatever it was, <laughs> you know, and I get how silly it sounds, but you saw women sitting in their cars and blowing the bubbles. I saw women posting it on Instagram afterwards. Like it's, it, as long as you don't put too much into it and just recognize, no, this is just a reminder. This is just a symbol. Um, this is just us kind of marking the fact that we went on this journey. And that's what it is. And look, there's going to be levels of discomfort that are going to be throughout this whole series. For some people coming and sitting through the sermons when you're talking about pain and trauma, it's just going to be too triggering and challenging. And look, we want to be aware of that. And we want to help you find a way to listen and get through it um, and to be able to process, to begin the process. But we just don't want you to come and sit and listen to a sermon. There's things that we want you to then begin to think about. Uh, so the sermon, you listen, and the journal questions, you're thinking. But then we're asking mm -hmm. you to share mm -hmm. in these groups mm -hmm. and then to do with the symbol event. And so... It is probably the most comprehensive sermon series that we've that I've ever been a part of. Same. Where there's mm -hmm. so many levels trying to get you to take this down to the depths of you. Because yeah. I just think um, if the pain is real and if the hurts are real, simply listening to a sermon is just it's it's a great start, but it won't be enough for you. Mm -hmm. What in life, and this is like rhetorical, but like what in life is worth like it's the best things are hard. Mm -hmm. The best things that we get are difficult. You know, it takes it takes a process to get there. And like healing is important. Growth is important. Authenticity with the Lord, depth of the Lord, healing, freedom. All these things are important. So of course they're going to be costly. Of course they're going to be costly. Of course they're going to be difficult. Of course they're going to take a lot. And so I think if you weren't excited about the sermon series before you are now, and if you were maybe looking at this and like, Oh, I have to do more. I can't just show up on Sunday. Like I hope that you're pushed out of your comfort zone because the best things happen outside of our comfort zone. You will find real healing. You'll find real freedom outside of our comfort zone, outside mm -hmm. of your comfort zone. So last question is where do we see Coastline growing throughout this sermon series? Where do we see this taking us? How do we see this sermon series getting us to where we want Coastline to be? Yeah, well, Henry, I think I mentioned this to you earlier on. Let me let me just spin the question. <laughs> What is going to happen to us if we don't ever go back and look at and study and heal from our pain? What do we really risk if we just keep moving forward and we never face it and let mm -hmm. the love and Jesus and grace come into those places? What I think is going to end up happening is that we're going to constantly be reactive and triggered in our current relationships due to our past ones. And so we're going to constantly be going, wow, I, I really overreacted right there. I lost my temper or I shut down. Why am I crying in this moment? We're going to constantly be reacting because the pain is real. And what I think is going to happen is we're going to sabotage relationships. We're never going to be fully present with Jesus. And there's going to be these places that we're going to limp forever. Mm -hmm. That's my fear. And I think this is what I see. I just see it in so many Christians where we're still so limited by what God can do in our lives because of the fact that we've only let him into part of yeah. our lives. Mm -hmm. So what's what's the risk for us is that we would um, only ever know a fraction of God's mm -hmm. love and grace and power in our lives. And we would only talk about healing without ever actually be heal being healed. Mm -hmm. but, but thinking we are, <laughs> thinking we are, thinking mm -hmm. it's done while we are um, still have these massive chess and barrels of pain and toxic sludge in the past. So if we're willing to do the work, I think that we will be joyful and courageous followers of Jesus. There you go. It's our mission. That sounds familiar. Yeah. What we want to do. And if we don't, 
we're going to be faking it mm. and selling a very small gospel to people and never being as transformed as we claim we are. Mm. That's a good word. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your week to come and talk about this sermon series. Again, if you weren't excited before, you are now. I, I, I maintain that this really probably, as you're listening, got you excited. Nikki, where can they find the journals? Where can they find the questions? Uh, you can get a hard copy of it when you come on Sundays to church, or you can, they're on our app. Hunter created a great little icon and graphic, and it looks great. And so you can just open it up every week, and we'll have the newest week's journal questions there for you. Awesome. And make sure you go back and listen to Sean's sermon from last week. Garrick's up this week, and we are in Psalm 23. So study that, get into that, and we'll see you on Sunday, and hopefully every Sunday after that. Usually I kind of sneak that in, but I like that you did that. I saw the, the look in your eye. I was I getting really to get anxious to do it. I have to, to beat it. him to it. I have to beat him to it. And Nikki won't even risk trying to be funny. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not. I know my place. <laughs>